Howdy folks, this is Patch coming to you before the show with a quick content warning. I just wanted to let you know, around about the 40 minute mark, we start having some talk about uh, the times that we have gone to the hospital. So there's definitely going to be some medical discussion, and that ends up with some pretty grody discussion of uh, uh, how specific injuries we've had have gone. So that's going to be a content warning for medical stuff, for injuries, and for eye stuff. Uh, that'll start at the 40-minute mark and last until about the 43-minute mark. But uh, other than that, I hope you enjoy the show. My name is Patch. I can't tell you my last name. I can't tell you where I live, but I can tell you that this is The Axe Files, a show where a handful of weirdos reread every single Animorphs book in order. I am joined this week by the most wanted criminal this side of the Andalite homeworld, it's Vivian. I still call that into question because I'm pretty sure the kids are the most wanted criminals and not me. <laughs> I guess it depends on whether or not the Yorks are accepting of queer people. Which, who could tell? I mean, they'll certainly accept you as a host, yeah. The Yorks don't give a fuck about your puny human distinctions. <laughs> oh, I, I, if if yeah, a York ever got in my brain, that would definitely fuck that person up by uh, teaching them what dysphoria is all about. <laughs> uh, I don't give a fuck. They, you, you, you can experience all of the suffering you want, and they will <laughs> just... They will not care. And, of course, mm. our York expert here okay. is the most elegant Estrian on Earth. It's Kate. Hi. Uh, yeah, York definitely would not take your hormone pills for you. I'll give you that. Oh, no. They would have no reason to. Unless it was like, I have to keep up appearance. Yeah, I was about to say, wouldn't the York yeah. have to be like, oh, obviously, Vi keeps, like, you know, based on Vi's memory... Occasionally, people notice that they rub their leg a little bit on like Mondays and stuff because they're still feeling the effects of the shot. So I guess I still have to do that. That doesn't mean they I would take the shots. I wouldn't want to. Not unless you do it in front of an audience. <laughs> well, I definitely don't do that. I mean, I did have to like kind of show the site when I was helping my friend who recently switched to injections because, like, it turns out their clinic didn't teach them how to like where to aim. Or had to do the injection. They didn't walk them through a demonstration like they did for me. And so they were like, uh, how do I do this? And I'm like, okay, also, I guess I'll show you where mine is on my leg. <laughs> depending on who you are and who the people on, are in your life, um, and what stage you are in your transition, the Yurk might find it more convenient to simply cease the process uh, and horrible. do what other people expect them to or want them to do. So as so as to like um, you know, create as little like rock the boat as little as possible. Honestly, they might just do it to demoralize their host. Like that's true. Yeah, yeah. They sound like they're dicks enough that they would probably do that. <laughs> Horrifying. Yeah, Yorks is bad guys. Um. Yeah, there's bad guys. <laughs> Yerks, there you go. Yerks is bad guys. <laughs> we're going to learn about how, uh, in this book, we're going to learn uh, specifically about how much of bad guys Yerks is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we already get enough of that just from these few chapters of what they talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, this is, as I said before, the first book I ever, the first Animorphs book I ever picked up, first one I ever read. Um... <laughs> 
So that definitely set the tone for what I expected from this series. Yeah, that's like even though they even though they always explain like who the kids are and who Axes and what Andalites and Gurks are, I still wonder just how potentially confusing you might be if you just pick up one of these books at random. Uh, not really. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you're not really like thinking a whole lot about the big overarching meta plot when you first pick up the book, you know, you're just like, ooh, I like, like the animal on the cover. Yeah, I I'm guess, gonna read yeah. this book. And then you do, and you're like, obviously I've been dropped into the story in media res, but it's still fun. And then you don't care. And you still read it and you have fun with it because you're a child and you still remember how to do that. Yeah, like it hasn't com- your soul yet. compared to if you're an adult when it's like I mean like when I when I was <laughs> weird comparison, when I was playing Final Fantasy thirteen back like around college age, just being like, What the fuck is going on in this? How come they have to tell like all the major plot points via back like flashbacks? Well because I, because as as adults we've lost our ability to have huh. fun because the the world has um destroyed us. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and you know, me- <laughs> meanwhile, I think it's just that that game just does it badly because that's basically how Xenoblade Three tells a lot of its story, both in the main game and the DLC. And Xenoblade Three yeah, does it as well. Were, <laughs> but if you were a kid, you wouldn't fucking give a shit. You'd find a way to have yeah, fun with it anyway. True. Yeah. I mean, it it's just it like, just just you know, just like how like you think back to that time when you were a kid, when it's like the RPGs you had back then were like stuff like. Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger, where, like, characterization kind of took a backseat to a lot of other stuff in terms of just play the game. You know, even though, like, you know, obviously the characters in Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI are characters, they're just not as complex as characters usually get these days in games. Yeah, I really can't add anything to add that, because I've never played Chrono Trigger, and I've only played a few Final Fantasy games. So uh, that's fair. Yeah, like the Chrono Trigger cast, like again, they're not they don't really have a lot of personality. They they have like their introduction and then it's like, alright, and then we're going to fight and go and try to fight figure out a way to beat the giant space parasite. <laughs> yeah. Well we're not here apocalypse. to talk about Chrono Trigger, we're here to talk about book six of of the Animorphs. What is the <laughs> title of this one, Josh? Yeah, this week we are in book six. I love new book day, it's the best day of the month. Uh, the Capture is our book today, uh, narrated by Jake, written by K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant, covered by David Mattingly. Uh, this was published in February 1997, so we have finally moved into year two of the Animorphs. Um, <laughs> oh, the fir- those first five books were all released in the same first year that the series yep. started? Jeez. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like... The '90s were pretty much just the '80s until 1997. Ha. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get becoming even more '90s as we go on. The '80s part two. <laughs> well, it's yeah. I mean, like the '90s didn't really, to to my knowledge, the '90s didn't really start looking like the '90s until like the late '90s, <laughs> and then and then the the fucking uh, and then like e- even after. Actually, actually, I think there was, like, a, a strong cutoff in 2000, simply because people expected there to be with the new millennium. Yeah, very much so. But then, um, but then the next year, 9-11 happened, and then the world went crazy, and everything changed, so... True. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, and then the, fu- the fucking, uh... At the time, Dixie Chicks, now just the Chicks, got cancelled for saying that maybe we shouldn't be having a pointless war in the Middle East. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a weird time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it surely, surely was. Um, 
Our cover tag today is Now He's One of Them, with an ellipses after it. It's got four dots instead of three, so I have to chalk that up to copywriting issues. I don't know. Um, yeah, you, you don't do ellipses with four dots. It's not dots. an ellipses if it it's got three. four dots. It's just four periods. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's, it, look, it's good. We know what it means. We know what they mean. It's fine. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what this, this cover quote could, uh, this tagline could, could be referring to. I wonder what's going to happen in this book. Interesting hmm. question. Hmm, I, I. Uh, the interior quote is just the word superfly, which the Animorphs wiki bafflingly refers to as a reference to Superman, and it's not its own thing, so... <laughs> <laughs> Wikis have to be taken with a grain of salt, because I, I they mean, are filled up yeah. by random people on the internet who I mean, we, don't know we, we discussed this at length back when we were covering She-Ra, because like, whenever we do an episode, I always like to bring up trivia, like voice actors and less, like other stuff about like the production. And meanwhile, the She-Ra wiki I was using was just like, trivia, this is the episode where Glimmer temporarily lost her powers. And it's like, you think? We just fucking read that in the synopsis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's also like, wikis will jump at the chance to or i should say wiki editors will jump at the chance to like say oh this is an obscure reference to this particular thing um without any evidence of that at all when it's much more likely that it's just a a fucking word (laughs) they used or some some something they just did you know what i mean it's sometimes the cigar is just a cigar sometimes the curtains are just blue Sometimes, sometimes it's, explicit it's a reference, reference to, something, to a 1972 but... exploitation film that is somehow interpreted as a Superman joke. <laughs> but it's again, it's, you're doing it too. It's not. It's not a like. It's probably not a reference to that. It's probably just Superfly is a thing. People say things are. It just means really cool, and it's a very night. It was a very nineties thing to say. That's all it means. <laughs> it just. It just means like. If something is super fly, that means it's really neat, really awesome. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just, it's, it's a it's just a word. <laughs> I mean, it is a word, but it's a word in the '90s because this movie came out 20 years earlier. <laughs> I don't think it came. I think that that I think the word predates that movie. I think that that movie is called that because of that word. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, it's so interesting that like they advertise the flies so much on the cover of this one, and they don't turn into flies immediately, <laughs> or practice flies immediately. Well, no, like, listen, we're gonna... <laughs> okay, yes, apparently the first usage of the word superfly was in 71, so it does slightly predate the movie, but not by much. Meaning, excellent superior from African-American vernacular... <laughs> so yeah mo- basically where where all of our slang in america comes from at any rate let's go ahead and jump into the book uh it's listen this this episode is going to be a weird one but we're doing stuff <laughs> uh so chapter one uh the recap chapter which i have titled something is very wrong with jake um Jake introduces himself, uh, he explains that Yerks are here, uh, blah blah blah, anybody could be a Yerk, Tom is a Yerk, that's the first half of the first page. Yeah, you, you kinda got some dud chapters. It's okay, week, it's gonna happen every time that there's a first book. <laughs> I, 
True. It's kind of just like how, like, whenever we cover shows, I'm usually doing, like, season slash show finales, <laughs> which just means I usually get more to talk about as yeah. a result. Um, so we open after the recap at a breakfast table Saturday morning. Uh, Tom casually uses an ableist slur, you know, like the Yerks do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't say like the Yerks do, because he's replicating Tom's behavior. So Tom would have done that anyway. Don't. Mm. <sighs> yep. Thanks, 90s. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, this ableist slur is his cute nickname for Jake, so good job, family dynamics. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Tom has been going... He's going to the sharing because that's the only thing he does these days, and they're apparently doing some community park cleanup and a barbecue today, and he wants Jake to go. Jake suggests maybe he will someday, but you know, he's not gonna. Uh, their parents are gone. They're playing tennis today, so they're already... They, like, I guess they got up real early for this, because they are already gone by the time Jake is eating breakfast. So, either he slept in, or... <laughs> um, regardless, it's very... Jake mentions that he has been spying on his brother, but I don't really know... Like, he'll explain later how he's been spying, but I don't feel like he's really spying. He's doing little brother stuff. Um, yeah, he, he's like, how come my older brother doesn't hang out anymore? I want to hang out with him and just, like, trying to, like, just follow him around. And... <laughs> or maybe that's his excuse. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because, like, oh, I forget. How old is Tom? Tom's, like, 16 Yeah, or something? he's about four or five years older than Jake. Okay, so he's, yeah, he's, like, 16 or 17, maybe. At most 18, if Jake is 13. We kind of keep going yeah, back and forth whenever the um, kids are 12 or If 13. I remember, Tom just got into high school, so he would be a ninth grader at this point. So, like, 15, 16, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, yeah, maybe, like, four years older then. Uh, yeah. So then Tom leaves, he goes to the barbecue slash cleanup, and I know the Yerks are trying to maintain their, like, cultural cover or whatever. But I do feel like the Yorks just spending their days walking around cleaning up parks. That's, they're just going to terraform this planet in 20 years anyway. Why bother? You only... It's for appearances. <laughs> you only need, like, a few people to do that. Yeah, they, they it, have it, to... It, it, they uh, have to go to Reactor to pretend to be doing their tasks. <laughs> what's, the, what's the point of the sharing, right? <laughs> Like what's the, what's the point of the sharing? It's it's to present uh, a front to to create an organization people will want to join and will think positively yeah. of. The best way to do that is through community service. It's what people expect youth groups like this to do. So yeah, just don't go to the medical facility because you can't pretend to do that task because you don't have the uh, you don't pretend other people who may be able to actually be on the scanner. I played Among Us once, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it again because it's. It was. It is a uh, little intimidating at first. It's a, stress, it's a yeah. stressful game. Yeah, I, I was never good at being imposter, <laughs> like the bit I played of it. Yeah, it's. Hmm. I'm sure that the, uh, based again based on what I think happens in this book, I'm sure I'll make many more Among Us jokes. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll try. <laughs> no guarantee. So, yeah, uh, this is where we get to the point 
that I named the chapter after, because now that Tom is gone, Jake reveals that he has captured a cockroach in a matchbox and hidden it in his desk drawer. And I, so now that he's alone, he's going to acquire this thing. But why didn't? Uh... Why didn't he acquire it when he first caught it? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah or like just do it in in the middle of the night or something. Maybe so he can have the others acquire the roach. But something else happens that that tells me that well, something else is said. Just throwaway line that tells me that they acquired their own roaches. Yeah, so, pretty much. I don't know. Yeah. It's... Also, I mean, like, how do you catch a roach easily enough to keep it in a box, and how do you, like, actually, like, touch it, really? I mean, you can catch a roach in a box, that's not hard. They, they yeah, mostly just not... run away as soon as they see something coming near them, though. It's not hard to catch a roach. I mean, any time like, I... I've seen one, I've always immediately just grabbed the shoe to go kill that fucker, because they're Listen, roaches. if you can hit him with a shoe, you can capture him. It's not... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Again, usually, not usually on the top of my priority list to try to capture one of those gross things. It's usually to make sure that it's fucking dead. <laughs> when I lived in Texas, uh, Ziggy loved to chase roaches. It was her favorite game because we have those down oh, there. No. And we don't have them in Canada. And so she's been very sad ever since. But... <laughs> <sighs> I just immediately went to, like, you know, how, like, cats will bring in, like, mice or birds that they kill to their owner. I was just now imagining a cat doing that with a cockroach and just me having to run from the cat <laughs> desperately. Uh, no, she doesn't do that, but what she will do is, because in my room at my parents' house, I have a beanbag chair and I use a projector, so I would just lay on the floor, right? And so she would find a roach mm-hmm. somewhere else and she would chase it into my room so I could play too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's just as bad. <laughs> like, no thanks, Ziggy. You take you take this one. You take the kill. You got this. One D one it. <laughs> Ziggy's, Ziggy's just like, look, but I I need nobody. They're the DPS. Honestly, <laughs> she's not super good at chasing them. Is the thing like she'll chase them all day, but she can't catch them. Which usually I'll give her twenty minutes of running around after them, and then I'll get involved. But. <laughs> Sometimes she brings them to me to start, and that's no fun. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So Jake acquires the brooch because he kept it in his box, and he's really he reflects here a little bit about how sometimes they hurt their enemies very badly. Which, yeah, you're Korea fighters. That happens. And then he falls on. But they also, I also have to bring up they really haven't. <laughs> Uh, excuse you, I have a kill count here. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, but also they get they get caught so many times and barely manage to escape so many times. I'm sorry, did you say gorilla? Is that how that's pronounced? Uh, yeah, I mean no, it's gorilla. Supposed to have the 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 trill r, but I'm not especially good at that. So, I mean, I've always just heard it pronounced exactly the same way as gorilla. No, it's a Spanish word, so it's not. Uh, yeah, the two L, the two L's would say why. Yeah, <laughs> true. I guess I, it, it's just one of those things where it's like you know similar to oh, what was the word we were talking about like in one of the chats the other day where it's like both are acceptable. Oh, it was drank and drunk. <laughs> where it's like yeah, nobody really cares about either of those. It's both are accepted kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, technically, gorilla is the more common usage in America, but I don't really know why because america tends to adopt other words just as they are actually yeah. scratch that it, i know exactly it's... why it's because it's gorilla and americans don't like doing the world yeah. r 
Tell yeah. Tell that to the towns of Lano and Amarillo. <laughs> it's similar to like how again, like uh, you know, whatever you pronounce, like the like Sakura tree as Sakura or Sakura, where it's like both are accepted. It kind of just depends on whether you're trying to pronounce it closer to Japanese or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good old Buda, Texas. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I haven't actually seen this one, but a friend of mine was telling me about it. Um, Great British Baking Show had a, a taco, like a, a Tex-Mex episode, where they had to make uh, like Mexican food, or Tex-Mex food, I guess. Um, and the way that British people pronounce Spanish stuff is hilarious. Oh, yeah, because... This is excellent. This is excellent guacamole. <laughs> Yeah, the thing about British English is that it doesn't transliterate the way American does. Like, we just take words and we'll uh-huh. say them the way they do in the original language, yes. usually. And English doesn't. They pronounce it the way it should be pre- written in English, so... They'll pronounce it tech. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now I'm just remembering all the times, like, back in Futurama when Zap Brannigan would definitely mispronounce stuff. He definitely also at one point said guacamole instead of guacamole. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a thing that happened in Futurama. Yeah. Um, it's when, he was, uh, it's when he was eating alien children that they thought were like, uh, like basically like, like fried food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um, episode. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Jake reflects on how they are, you know, grievously wounding people who are kind of there against their own free will, and he thinks about whether he could destroy his own brother. And then he just uh, sort of throws it all to the side because he doesn't have to think about that yet. Don't worry about it. It's fine. That's that's future Jake's problem. Time to become a bug. The end. <laughs> future Jake is in the Jake of two days from now. <laughs> <laughs> um, chapter two I have called The Roach Coach, in which Jake practices being a roach. Um, and when I say he practices being a roach, I mean like this entire first page of the two-page chapter is just him turning into a bug. Uh, again, I'm not going to go into all the details, but I do think it's pretty yeah. horrifying that, uh, you know, all his bones go away before he grows an exoskeleton, so he's just a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's real gross. <laughs> like, him also being like, I could feel my bones p- pop out of existence, and it's like, <laughs> don't like that. No thanks. <laughs> Not to mention, he's still like he's a foot tall when that happens, when his bones go away. So yeah, yeah, he's he's not road size. It's not like his bones shrink down and just fizzle out of existence. No, they disappear before he's <laughs> so, fully shrunken. Yeah, <laughs> even before he has like all the roach legs. Yeah, but the real interesting part of this chapter is the second part when he's describing the way roaches see. Uh, he he can't explain it very well because it's so different. But he can't see very far. But apparently he has compound eyes, it just dozens of images all over the place, scattered, like watching a thousand TV screens, and the color schemes are different, it's just like blue and green and a little bit weird gray, it's fascinating. I wish we got more of this, but... Do roaches actually have it compound eyes? It doesn't make... yeah, they do, Most most inse- a lot of insects do. Uh, ro- roaches do... Yeah, like I obviously knew like um, butterflies and moths did, I didn't realize roaches did. Yeah, uh, they they do. The 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 quest the thing I have though is like there's no reason that you see the images all broken up 
Because we don't see two different images with our two eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, the brain combines those two images into a single coherent 3D one. So, I would think that the roach brain would do the same thing with the compound eyes. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to be what's going on for him here. So, maybe Animorphs roaches are built different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, don't I know. mean, I, I think as we've seen so far, and we'll continue to see, is that all animals are built different in the, the freaking animorphs universe. <laughs> uh. I, I think it's also just like we would assume as humans that an animal with an eye made up of lots of lots, lots, lots and lots of little eyes would see things that way. But like, I, I don't know. It falls apart if you think about it for for too long. So. Let's stop. <laughs> as, as most fiction does. I mean, I yeah. fully believe that they have a different way of processing visual imagery, but you're right. I don't think it would be a, just a bunch of different screens in their face. Um, I think it would, I think as a roach, you would you would probably see a single 360 image, like just all around you, because that's what compound eyes are good at. Yeah, you know they yeah. they can see a wide field of vision. Um, and sometimes, uh, they also have good binocular vision in the front, um, like with, with praying mantises and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, they're, that, that, that's the hard thing I would think with morphing a roach would be, uh, especially if, if your eyes morph first, is that, oh shit, I can no longer close my eyes and also see everything. <laughs> Everything that's happening all around me, including my own body, <laughs> it's like a, it's like one of those nightmares where you're you're viewing something horrific, like horrific, but you 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 try to close your eyes but you can't. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, ever had, you ever had that before? I uh, can't say that I have, but that's just because I don't dream, so I don't have that experience. Or like you close your eyes and then and then you you do dream, you just don't remember. No, I straight up don't. When I dream, I remember. It's, I mean, it's like an event. <laughs> it's happened three times. I mean, yeah. I, mo most people, like, if you have REM sleep, you're dreaming. Who said like, I had REM kinda, sleep? It's huh? just that you don't... <laughs> well, if you, if, you, if you didn't have REM sleep, you'd probably be dead. Listen, there's <laughs> a reason I'm always exhausted. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> also, like... Dreams, there, there are like sensors in your brain that that will like delete the dreams from your memories as soon as possible, which is which is why people have trouble remembering their their dreams. Your brain wants to get rid of that shit as quickly as it can. Yeah, brains are weird. <laughs> one of one of the ways to to cement the memory in your head is to write it down immediately. Yeah. I mean, that's just the plot of a Seinfeld episode, actually. <laughs> Seinfeld, I, I've i never seen Seinfeld, but I was in the impression uh, that you really have plots. <laughs> uh, the loosest term of plots, really, I guess, when it comes to it. But there's, like, one when, like, Jerry has a dream that he finds funny in terms of, like, his stand-up comedy or whatever. So he writes down yeah. a note, and then, like, he spends the, next, like, the rest of the episode trying to figure out what the fuck he wrote down or what it means. Yeah. Also, most of the ideas you have when 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 you're like having a dream and you think, "Oh shit, that's the that's the best idea. I need to remember that." Um, when you like regain your cogence, when you like regain your ability to judge things, mm -hmm. uh, 
is fuck they're fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh yeah, it it you're not the best judge of things when you're when you're in that state no, of mind. Not at all. Um <laughs> It's always how right. it's like amusing that people are like, oh, okay, we have a major decision. We'll sleep on it. It's like your brain's not, but like when you wake up, your brain is like not really going to have like process that stuff to figure out and make a decision really because your brain is dumb when it's asleep. Yes, precisely. So what happens next here? <laughs> uh, Well, Jake's cockroach brain kind of shows up and he is very chill at first. And I don't know how to put this. Jake is fine, right? The roach is apparently calm and confident and unworried about anything, which Jake kind of lets himself fall into because, oh boy, this one's an easy one, and he apparently has never seen a roach before in his life because he does not... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He expects it to be all fear and panic like other small animals, and it's not, and then the lights turn on and suddenly it is the end. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, chapter three, I call Jake almost dies for no reason, um. (laughs) Well, he has a reason for what he's doing. He just hasn't told us yet, really. (laughs) Um, but yes, uh, so the light has clicked on, and now he is in full panic mode. And by panic mode, I mean the roach isn't exactly freaking out, it's just running. You have to run, you can't be in the light. It's... It's not fear exactly as much as a a, a motor system, you know? You just gotta... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same reason that roaches can walk around without their heads on. So much of their, their like, neural processes are centered in their bodies, you know, away from their yeah. brains. I feel like the the running when light shows up is really more of a reflex than anything else. Yeah, it's it's like when you're asleep and if somebody walks in and turns on the light, you just want to roll away towards it, uh, away from it, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not not even not even that. That's like a a response that that your brain is giving. Like it's more like when you're hit in the knee and your knee jerks. <laughs> you know, there is I no guess. conscious <laughs> thought behind that. There's not even any unconscious thought behind that. It's just something that happens. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. But yeah, um. The, the interesting thing to me about this is that Jake was in his room and someone turned the light on in his room for some reason. And I don't think we ever actually get an explanation about who did that or why. <laughs> oh, no, we do. We do next chapter. Do we? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we okay. do. Yeah. It's part of my synopsis for what I wrote when I was reading this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will hold you to that, I guess. Spoilers, it was, spoilers, it was his parents. <laughs> okay, why were his parents yeah, we'll, going we'll get into next his room? Chapter. Again, they explain that too. We'll get there. <laughs> Keep going. Um, yeah, so he zooms into the wall and he's not processing very well, but he can feel something big moving around. And uh, yeah, he just zooms into the wall. He runs into another roach. It's not especially eventful. And then he's in the dark, so it's okay. No more reflex. And just kind of ponders a bit why there was someone in his room and tries to figure out where he could demorph and then he finds himself in the kitchen as he leaves the wall uh, i assume he's doing a lot of movement here that he just doesn't really describe because it's hard to talk about moving around inside a wall when you can't see but <laughs> <laughs> um uh, he finds himself 
between two parallel walls, just about an inch apart, uh, he has put himself behind the refrigerator. Uh, it's... Sure, I guess that's a fine place to be if you're a roach, except that he's found this, like, weird old square thing. Kind of looks like a covered bridge. And he suspects it's an old matchbox, so he just goes ahead and trots right on in there, and oops, it was a roach trap. He he got himself stuck in a glue trap. This is fan art I did of Jake dying in a glue trap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that meme is so weird. <laughs> That's the end of my chapters there. <laughs> Alright, well then we'll just continue on and answer some of those questions you had with chapter 4, which I called The Adventures of Roach Boy. Because <laughs> Marco calls him Roach Boy. Uh, that jumps ahead just later in the day as Jake is telling the others about basically the last three chapters. <laughs> and yeah, he tells us he was stuck in a roach motel and <laughs> got trapped there. Everybody except Cassie finds this to be amusing, as she is just, you know, Cassie's kind of just the anti-fun of the group. She's having none of his excuses for wanting to just try out a morph to see if it would be useful for them on his own. And she basically makes him promise her that he won't try and morph without anyone else around again, because they usually just immediately let the animal brain take control and go out of control. Yeah, that happens every single time, no matter how good they think Every fucking time, yeah. <laughs> Which is amusing that, like, every time it happens with a new morph, the person narrating is always like, yep, we always are aware that the animal brain takes control for a little bit, but this time's gonna be different, and then it's never different. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was prepared for it this time. Nope. <laughs> never. Uh, but yeah. And then, basically, similar to, like, some of these other earlier chapters, Jake basically just introduces us to everybody else, except Axe, because Axe isn't here, because that happens in every few chapters of all these books. Rachel then at that point asks for the rest of the story, and Jake says he could eventually decipher the vibrations that he was hearing in the room as his parents talking, and he basically figured out that his dad had twisted his ankle playing tennis and had gone into Jake's room to get the ace bandage that he has in there to help him out. There you go. That's why they were in there. They turn on the that light. That is stupid and dumb. Why does... You keep that in the first aid kit in the bathroom. You don't put that in your... Yeah, yeah, but but Jake is like the sports kid, I guess, because his brother isn't anymore, so I guess it's in his room. Jake isn't the sports kid. Know. He explicitly failed the basketball tryouts. Yeah, but he tried. He tried. He, he at least is probably more, like, doing, like, physical activity like that in his casual time than his brother is at this point, considering his brother is part of an alien army. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know. what the expectations on privacy are in households that weren't my own. Yeah. But that's kind of fucked up, yes. right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, uh, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, like, go into the only space, like, private space that my son has to get some fucking bandages. Unan yeah, unannounced. Not knocking on <laughs> the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely had that happen at one point when I was still living back in Pennsylvania after I moved back from Japan when, like, it was hot, so I did not have pants on, I had underwear on at least, and my mom just walked on in because I had my headphones on, didn't, like, try to, like, let me know, and I'm like, you can't just walk into my room when, yeah, like, a... it's hot. <laughs> yeah, Jake Jake is a 13-year-old boy, you don't know <laughs> yeah. what could it's... be happening in there yeah. without like, knocking. Again, again like... It's listen. It's a dangerous game you're <laughs> playing. Yeah. To to equate to that, like at the time, I was what twenty eight, I think maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. Before, no, before coming out, and it's like yeah, again, you don't you don't know what might be going on in there. Please don't yeah. come in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I wasn't. I was just playing games with friends, but still. 
Maybe I'm just having an outsized reaction to this, but, like, my family was very specific about that stuff. Even now, even in their house that I no longer live in, my mom will call me and ask if she can go in my room if she needs to find something I left behind. So. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's at least way more yeah. than mine ever did. Yeah, my... My mother would do this weird thing that just, like, I... I uh, we had a talk about it, and, and then she stopped, but, which is, like, great. That's how you should communicate with people when they do things that annoy you. But she'd knock on my door when I was in my room, and then I would say yes to respond to her, like, we're going to have a conversation through the door, and then she would open the door. And I'm like, well, if, if there's a situation where, like, I want to respond to you, but also don't want you to open the door. What am I supposed to say? All I'm doing is just responding to your knock. I'm not saying you can come in. I'm saying yes. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and, not, and, yeah. You're not. You're not saying come yeah. in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like if if yeah, it's it's. But when that kind of thing happens, obviously you just bring up the the confusion, and then you can address it and and create a new system of of doing things, which is what we did, which is what people should do. Um, I feel like the the sort of norms around privacy in Jake's house are weird to me, uh -huh. I guess, and um, I don't like them. <laughs> no, I don't like them. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's why the light turned on. That's what happens. <laughs> it was his parents trying to get abandoned. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, still not happy that they invaded his room like that, but okay. Oh, yeah, no, no. None of us are. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> but yeah, he basically continues the story saying that he demorphed behind the fridge and was able to slowly push the fridge out as he grew back to his usual size, and that he was suddenly caught by his mom emerging from there with the Roach Motel still stuck on his head. They don't get. They, he doesn't explain like how he explained that away. They just kind of laugh that off. But yeah, I don't know how yeah. Jake explained. Oh yeah, I'm behind the fridge. <laughs> but he doesn't. Uh, at any point, Marco brings up that he still hadn't told them why he was even trying out a roach morph. So Jake comes clean about Tom. Basically, as he's figured out, he's been raising up the ranks of the controllers. As he's been in contact with a group of doctors, as he discovered by using the phone's auto redial. Again, a thing in the 90s, that is not really a thing anymore, because nobody has home phones really anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kids basically put it together that the Yurks are interested in control over hospital, because it basically you can check in there for some like routine thing, and be checked out as a, an alien in your brain. <laughs> Which they know is bad. They do, and I'm kind of yeah. surprised the Yurks go for this. They tend to be... And I'm, I'm trying to put this lightly, but Yurks tend to be extremely ableist in terms of their host selection, so it feels mm -hmm. a little weird to me that they would want to infest sick and injured people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone who who doesn't go to the hospital occasionally, like... I mean, most people would go to, like, a doctor on occasion, but, like, going to the hospital is really more for, like, serious stuff. Uh, no, I mean, like... Yes and no. I mean, my, my point is, I would think it'd be very strange if I met someone who was like, I would say, 30, who had never once been to the hospital. Fair. You get, you get a broken leg, and that's not a sign that you're somehow an unfit host. That's just a sign that you're like, 
a relatively active person doing yeah, an activity like, that's just like that's just like leg. you're a teenager you climbed a tree you fell out you fell on your leg or whatever a visit to the emergency room i feel like is something that most people have at some point so it's not like everyone walking into the mm-hmm. hospital is going to be an in like an like a uh fair un- yeah unfit to be a host I, I I feel like a lot of them are going to just be regular people having the general concerns regular people have yeah. sometimes. For, for what, what it's worth, I've only actually been in a hospital, well, aside from obviously being born, only twice. <laughs> Three including that, because the two times were from my gallbladder surgery and my boob surgery. <laughs> I've never actually had to be yeah. the rest of the hospital for any reason. I had... I've been several times, but they were almost a lot of them. <laughs> most of them were related to to, to my surgery because uh, got a hematoma after that and a bleed in my mm. eye. Ugh. So yeah, I had like a I had a so I guess it was the blood thinners they had me on, but I had the hematoma, which was a whole other thing. Um, that was a nightmare. Uh, but then I, I also had it. a bleed in my eye where like the basically in the back of my eye behind the retina i had what it was like as i I was looking and i would see this spot just wherever i was looking there was this spot there and then when i went into the to the emergency room they took me they they took me back they did like a, a an image of my eye and then i had to go into a specialist and there was this little bubble of blood just between the retina and the back of my eye that uh, had apparently just formed there. Eventually, it got reabsorbed, but it was super weird and annoying. And I was, I, I, I like couldn't look anywhere without seeing just this. It's like, this like so. Basically, it was spot. like it's, it's like you know, like the old like Polaroids or something. Whenever you had like the little like flash in your eye, basically, like you could like see even if you closed your eye. It was basically just that for a while. Yeah, that forever. Yeah, like, all the time, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it it started as being brown, and then it changed to green, and then it faded away. Well, we should definitely never... probably put a content warning, uh, surgery complications on this episode. <laughs> Fair. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm, no, so- no, I'm sorry. We, about no, no, it's okay. It's okay. We 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 at least make sure to always put warnings on episodes yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> no, I I I I got that. It's just like yeah. I don't know. It it just is an anecdote. Yeah. yeah. It it was it was like one of our episodes like back in like late August or early September where it's like we basically have content warning for like the first twenty minutes because it's just me talking about my boob surgery. <laughs> yeah. No. The um. The point is that. Even, like, people who are generally voluntary hosts are likely to go to the hospital at some point. Yeah. Including, um, someone we're gonna learn about later. So, mm-hmm. that is, who's very important, uh, a power player here. Uh, yep. But we should go, we should continue. Yeah, yeah we should continue on. Okay, yeah. Uh, chapter 5, which I've called Family Matters, uh, cuts to later that evening, as Tom arrives late for dinner, but he had already eaten at the sharing cleanup meeting, because I guess they just also had to cook out there. So he doesn't need the crappy chicken takeout that his dad had ordered because of his busted ankle. <laughs> uh, they basically just riff on each other over this, because, of course, it's just teenager being teenager and parent being fed up with teenagers' shit. Honestly, this is, like, the closest Tom has to having a personality. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Tom's not really been in the series much besides Book Yeah, that's one, true. Necessarily. But yeah, most of the time he's just going to be a faceless Yurk. <laughs> yeah, like he was introduced in that one to be like, oh no, the Yurks are everywhere, even in your own family, and then he really hasn't been a factor. 
which makes sense. He would be mostly focused on in Jake's books because it's Jake. <laughs> Uh, but Jake does reflect on how this scene would look totally normal to an onlooker, but that he just cannot look past how there's a brain slug in his brother, pretending to act all chummy with his family. And Tom catches Jake staring at him as he regales how Yurks take over brains, as he basically says how Axe described it. Like, he basically just melt down into all the crevices of the brain, mostly. But Jake just plays this off as him just staring in empty space, aka his brother's head. Believe that not, they are trying to clean actually smooth brain people. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they turn the brain smooth because they just basically are like a. This film is what I'm brain, saying. Yeah, so nice they literally yeah. melt yeah. into every crack and seal it all up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, jerk super glue. Basically. <laughs> but yeah, but basically, yeah, Jake displays that off as him just being goofy and saying his brother's an idiot, mostly. Uh, but uh, basically, he just throws the yurk off entirely and basically just causes Tom slash the yurk to throw a dinner roll at Jake. But he catches it and taunts out, air quotes, Tom isn't fast enough to get one over on him anymore. Just brother... You know, again, looking on the outside, it would just be brothers just bullshitting with each other, but it's really not. It's just both of them being really passive-aggressive towards each other. <laughs> yeah. Jake thinks about how the real Tom wouldn't take that laying down, but the Yurk version of his brother just coldly smiles at him. And later, when he goes up to do homework, Tom catches him on the stairs and once again tries to convince Jake to join the sharing to become part of something more than just being another nothing kid, as he describes him. Which, again, not doing a very good job of trying to A, sell this person on uh, your fucking cult, and B, trying to actually, like, be just polite because you're calling your brother a nothing kid <laughs> like if, like again if tom is working on the assumption that jake doesn't know any better about the alien invasion he's calling his brother a nothing kid which is <laughs> really harsh yeah i mean I, there's probably some frustration there too on the yurk and tom's head's part you know yeah i, mean? I guess like, yeah because he's like we, shit we, i haven't gotten him yet <laughs> we've seen that mask break several yeah. times you know what i mean it's it's not it's not as if it's a perfect act all the time oh it's Yurks... definitely not i mean considering he breaks the facade like two minutes from huh. now anyway <laughs> yeah well, especially considering like if from what jake has said he's really moving up the ranks right he's big and important now and he still hasn't managed to yerk his little annoying brother <laughs> yeah which again, it's like I don't know why they necessarily need Jake. He's just a kid. I don't think they need <laughs> their, Jake, by... but it's a status thing, right? Like you're a big important I yerk. Guess, you yeah. get all these people yerked, and you can't get the one guy living in a house with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't get your like twelve year old brother. What the fuck, my guy? <laughs> How come you haven't gotten your parents either? What the fuck are you doing? Um, I don't know the name of the yerk inside Tom's head. <laughs> I don't know if we learned that. Uh, at some point, we definitely yeah. do learn that. Okay, well, there you go. I don't remember when that is, though. I, it, it's funny how I'm second-guessing that, and meanwhile, as you've told me, I basically have predicted, like, everything right so far about the series. Like, how, like, you were like, oh, yeah, you predicted easily that Marco's mom was going to be, like, a very important yerk, and then, like, next week, oh, hey, she's Mr. One. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at any point, uh, Jake basically kind of subtly clues in the yurk that he knows what's going on by uh uh where's my note here yeah he says that he doesn't want to be a part of something bigger and just wants to be one person <laughs> which is like 
if the Yurks were any bit smart, this Yurk would realize he knows that I have a brain, <laughs> that I'm a brain slug inside this person, and therefore he knows he doesn't want to. He just wants to be one person. <laughs> it's innocuous enough that to make that assumption would be a bit of a stretch. I, think. I guess, yeah. Like the but the Yurks also it's, bad it's, at this. It's, <laughs> it's definitely a reason to be suspicious. It's not a reason to think, oh. This kid is definitely one of the Andalite bandits. Like, True, it, yeah. it's it, it, there's there's even, like a leap in logic. There. Yeah, like, but even then, like, he might like be at least a little bit suspicious. Like, maybe this kid somehow found out about the Yurks, even if he's not one of those like working with the Andalites. You know, I think that your arrogance is too high. I guess, yeah. Uh, for, I mean, we we we've seen so many Yorks be like, nah, sneering down on humanity, and then they just keep like, getting screwed over by teenagers. <laughs> no way they could see through our clever plots and ruses and yeah. shenanigans, you know, our 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 mischievous little York tactics. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, just for a second there, the Yurk does drop the axe by giving Jake a look of arrogance and contempt before resorming, like returning to his normal Tom phase as Jake goes to do some homework, then later goes downstairs to watch TV and have dessert with his family. And then he honestly like, says that he has a dream that he's been having every day, but he doesn't clarify at the, yet. At the very least, Jake is definitely just fucking pissing him off. Oh yeah, um, which which puts you into the into the question of like, okay, why is this Yurk so intent on getting this just this one kid, you know, like this one kid making him a controller? And I, it has to be because Jake is so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the <laughs> po- it's the point like, of the, it's the point of the matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it, at this point, it's a matter of principle. Like, yeah. no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking get this kid. God damn it! Yeah, it, he's just like fuck. I just I need to do this now. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's a purpose of it's a point of pride now at this point, even though it's yeah. really not worth it. Kind of imagining yeah. uh, like a behind the scenes animorph series from Tom's perspective of him just setting Tom and Jerry as traps <laughs> to try and stick a slug in Jake's head. <laughs> I, it's like whenever I play Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom when it's like, clearly I shouldn't actually do this now because I just don't have the stamina to climb up this because it's fucking raining. But rather than try and actually make like the anti-stick uh, potion or whatever, which mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it is in Breath of the Wild, it's in Tears of the Kingdom now. But it's just like, yeah. instead of doing that, I'm like, well, I'm gonna just fucking do the stupidest shit of like, what can I build to get up there instead? Can I make a fucking hover like platform or something or can i just like time the jumps just enough to offset the sliding down because the fuck answer you, is game. the answer is always to stick a rocket to your shield but, but, but yeah, yeah but pretty much but tom doesn't have that option it's 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 he's just got this really frustrating stubborn kid that he wants to get to join yeah. the sharing and like at this point uh it's it's really more of a matter of like god damn it if i if yeah. If, I, if I don't, if I don't manage to do this, then uh... it's, like, it's like how I did one of those labyrinths when I only had like seven hearts and like the fucking uh, construct or whatever, like the construct three at the bottom of it. That's the final challenge. You just kept one shot at me, and I was mm. like, I can do this. I, can, I just have to get good, and I did. It just took me like twenty tries because I'm a dumbass. Mm. <laughs> but hey, I mean, uh... I also played Dark Souls for a reason, and it's for that. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if the Yurk in Tom's head gets good. Uh... Who knows? So what happens next? <laughs> I mean, you, y'all know. Uh, well, chapter six, which I called the kids actually practice something, because <laughs> uh, the kids, uh, they, don't, they don't specify when, they just say it later on. They don't really specify this, like, the next day. 
but yeah, they basically, it's just them acknowledging that they never make plans and then are surprised when things go tits up because they're actually practicing the cockroach morph to learn how to understand sounds. <laughs> because yeah, for once is... they're actually realizing we go in with no plan and we fuck up immediately, we should maybe actually try something for once. <laughs> well, J Jake also mentions that like practice is the only way you can actually manage to use roach senses to recognize human speech. That's too, it, yeah. It, 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 it takes... Yeah, there's it at takes least a, a bit to figure that out. Yeah, there's at least a reason besides like the usual like we don't try anything in advance and then we immediately fuck up and almost die. <laughs> They're specifically not doing it in order to like master the roach instincts and the roach mind before going into a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. Um which they sh they should also be doing it for that reason. Yeah. But but, <laughs> but no, they the really reason... only specify that it's to learn how to decipher the vibrations as sound. <laughs> yes. But yeah. But they're actually doing this at Marco's new apartment to practice because his dad successfully got that new job after last book, and they were able to move into a better place as a result, so good for him at least. And very luckily, there are no pictures of Marco's mom around <laughs> on the mantle or anything like that, so that anyone yeah, Marco yeah, can see yeah. that... <laughs> Marco being like, shit, I gotta, I gotta hide them. My dad, how the hell? that shit, yeah. <laughs> I think Marco, how that... come this uh, picture frame is pushed down? Don't worry about it. Don't think about that. Don't, don't look at it. <laughs> I think that Marco's, so I, 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 I think that that the other animorphs would probably react very well to knowing. Yeah, that, I, I, I like, think like Mar Marco's mom is just her wife. <laughs> yeah, like also... obviously, obviously, Axe wouldn't really because Axe doesn't know his mom but i feel like even Max would at a certain point when if he found out the full context would be like oh yeah that's rough buddy <laughs> yeah i mean it's also it's like it's not even marco's not even the only one to have uh, a relative who's a controller but also it's marco marco doesn't want to be vulnerable so yeah <laughs> you know yeah but at least like jake being the only one who does know also has a controller family member right there's like solidarity there <laughs> Yeah, they, they actually bring that up later on in this chapter, too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we both understand what we're going through. But yeah, but uh, they're there, and also they had Bright Axe along with them. I guess he was in human morph to blend in, because he's just an Andalite at this moment in their house. <laughs> uh, Jake explains what Andalites are again, for those who didn't read book 125, because he has to. And then he spends an hour with the bison self to teach the others how to understand words and phrases as cockroaches by having him relay what Jake speaks through thought speech. Basically, they're just like having Jake be like, hey, can you say like hello and stuff? And like he says it and then Tobias says like he said hello to try to help them decipher what he's saying at this point. Jake, Jake says what Andalites are for the benefit of me when I was nine. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and nobody else is specifically targeted towards you. <laughs> Kay Applegate being like, shit, I gotta teach this to Kate since way she knows. <laughs> this is gonna be the first one that she's gonna pick up. Yeah, Kay Applegate specifically knowing that this would be the first book I specifically would pick up wrote this in there. Meanwhile, For again, I, I, I still don't know what Tobias book it was that I picked up at the library and did not get far into, but I, I did not get anything clarified for me to my recollection about what was going on. <laughs> it wasn't the second, it wasn't uh, the, the first Tobias book? No, I don't reckon, I didn't recognize that opening from what oh, I read. Oh, interesting. interesting. Very interesting. It, it might be the next one, who knows. But eventually, maybe my memory will get jogged of which one it could, was when we get could there. Could Tobias morph yet? 
Like, I don't think. Again? No, I'm pretty sure it was just like a thing where he was already a bird. Well, that really narrows it down. But he wasn't morphing. Yeah, like it either has to be this one or like the first part of the next Tobias book. I maybe because like again, like I distinctly remember it was a Tobias book because I remembered Tobias as like one of the animorphs. Like I didn't know any other names. I just knew Tobias. <laughs> Even back then, mm-hmm. even though, even though, again, like most people really think of Tobias when it comes to animorphs, I find just because, again, trans allegory. <laughs> Weird. Okay. And also um, the bird. Well, we'll we'll keep going with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But basically, after they're done practicing, Jake tries to convince the others that not everybody actually has to go on this mission. With spoilers, he's actually right about because it just causes problems later on <laughs> for them, as usual. Uh, the others ask what's up, and Cassie immediately hits the nail on the head about Jake being worried about if they're disturbing this meeting might get blowback on the Tom, because Tom is now important. <laughs> and Jake is just torn up on protecting his brother, protecting countless people from getting yorked at the hospital, and then he reveals that his dream that he hinted at last chapter is him and Tiger Morph uh, hunting down his brother, but in the end something happens to Tom that isn't, he's not Tom anymore, but he stopped himself from finishing that sentence, we'll find out later on. And Cassie suggests that they just forget about this mission because of Tom, because I guess Cassie's even willing to just put Tom ahead of thousands of people, potentially. <laughs> I mean, the, the, dr- the dream is specifically that he's hunting Tom. Yeah. yeah. Like, as the tiger. Yeah. And and there's a little note here where um, Tobias responds to that, kind of, uh, because Tobias is, yeah, like, yeah, Tobias's he, head he, turns away. Yeah, he turns his beak away because he's like, yep, I yeah. understand that predatory instinct to kill yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. In any case, uh, Marco chimes in that they, you know, saying they don't have to decide right now what they have to do at that meeting. They could just sneak in to learn what's going on inside later on. And Jake relates this to how he and Marco know about Marco's mom, and so that Marco fully understands what Jake's going through. And he's grateful towards his bestie and agrees that there's plenty of time to decide later on, but he privately is not really to this at all. <laughs> Because, again, just making it future Jake's problem, a.k.a. the Jake of, like, 12 hours from now. <laughs> and you see, we, like, uh, it's moments like this that make, that remind me, like, how much... It's not that Marco has changed, it's that we've learned more about Marco. Yeah, like, you know, we've actually gotten insight into... Yeah, we've gotten more. insight into how he works, even though, like, in some of these chapters, he's all just like, I'm usually the one that's, like, like uh, fully on board with, like, ignoring stuff, but can't yeah. at this point. Well, he he doesn't seem like as much of an insufferable uh, a- asshole. Yeah, when, I mean, th- when you, when I mean you, that's when that's how him. I just thought of him back in book one, because he was just yeah. an annoying asshole in that one, but yeah, ever since, he's gotten way more... <laughs> Like, way more of a clear idea of who Marco is. Yeah. <laughs> Even before his book where he narrated. Yeah. But yeah, that's my All chapters. Right. Awesome. So we go into chapter 7, which I've called Covert Complaining. <laughs> um, because it opens with all of them complaining. Rachel's complaining <laughs> that she that she needs to get home to, like, record a show that she forgot to tape. Cassie, Cassie though, says that she, she, record, she started recording it in case Rachel missed it. Again, one of those things that, like, kids watching, like, reading these books nowadays compared to in the 90s would just be like, what? You don't yeah. have a DVR? <laughs> yeah. Just watch it on, it'll be uploaded on the internet in, like, two hours. Just watch it then. <laughs> kids, kids these days know what VHSs are. 
They know they were like some ancient fucking relic of antiquity at this point. When I was a kid, I knew what vinyl was. Like, I mean, yeah, but also we're in our like mid thirties. We were just alive back when those were a thing. <laughs> Not really. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my early thirties, um, and like, I, I remember vi- vi- vinyl was like vinyl existed, but it wasn't prevalent. You know, I guess by that like, point, cassettes it was, were being it was the, warped. It was, it, yeah, it was it was definitely cassettes, not vinyl. Right, so I used yeah. eight tracks when I was a kid, so <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think I am the oldest one here, right? Because I'm thirty five. Yeah. Oh boy. I t- I turned thirty two today. Actually. Hey, happy birthday. Huh. Um happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Um, by the time this comes out, it'll be months from yeah, my Yeah, birthday, by, na- but... by that point, it'll, like, this will be out in, like, mid-July or late July. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, in addition to Rachel complaining about that, Tobias is complaining about, uh, how dark it is, uh, and lamenting that he's not an owl, and Axe is complaining about, uh, the stupidness that is the two-legged human body. Um... <laughs> It's still Mar- funny Marco how did... they take every opportunity to basically remind us Tobias can't see at night anymore <laughs> because they fucked yeah. up in the first couple books. Do want to bring <laughs> yeah. it up real quick? Marco we moved too far away from it. Uh, like I wanted to do it at the time, but we got distracted talking about uh, vinyl. Um, in the 2012 reprints of the book, it doesn't remove the VCR recording thing. Instead, it changes Rachel's two favorite shows to the movie of the week. So. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it, okay. it's just a. Weird... I don't know why they do that. That doesn't seem like a copyright. No, it thing. sure doesn't. Meanwhile, she like says both in the originals yeah. that we're reading the PDS, right? Like she's like, "Oh yeah, record the two shows, but not the movie of the week." Uh, yeah, that is actually the 2012 reprint version. So. Oh, huh, weird. I I've seen like all the other uh, like yeah, I know, right? Pop culture I don't know things why that's... until this one. <laughs> huh. What is the original pop culture reference thing? There isn't see, one. She's that. just talking about missing her favorite shows. The only, they, the thing they oh, changed is so that they, they added of... the movie of the week. Oh, okay. weird. Huh. I see. That's, I don't that's know what that means. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, she, she it's had... a decision they made. She has to catch um, uh, the fucking repeat of the day after tomorrow that it plays <laughs> on uh, FX every week. Jeez. <laughs> Mar- Marco makes uh, a joke uh, at Axe's expense saying, oh no, now that you mention it, I am falling. Um, and, and Axe responds, see, I knew it ha- must happen sometimes. <laughs> and and Jake is like, I don't know if, if, if he doesn't have a sense of humor or if he just has a very dry sense of humor. Uh, and the answer is that he doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> it, it's it's very amusing to me just how much these kids take the piss out of an actual alien that hangs out with them. Yeah, you could well, easily kill them if he wanted to. <laughs> Marco takes the piss out of everybody and also knows that Axe isn't going to kill him. Um, true, true, Axe yeah. isn't a fucking Axe is Axe is not a fucking psychopath. I mean, he's not gonna like he's not a he's he's also not a Klingon. Ah. You know, he's he's not gonna. Fucking yeah. <laughs> just murder you for for giving him the yeah, side eye. He, he's just um, the the very stoic teenager mem- from, uh, member of the friend group for some reason. <laughs> well, he's he's um he's about I think he's about he's about their age. But yeah, no, it's it's the the answer is that that X just doesn't understand sarcasm. 
So Marco, which again, must like be you would think that, like you would think that, because uh, like at this point, Axe has probably been with them for like a month, roughly. At this point, like you would think that they would actually like try to teach him like human like colloquialisms or something, right? <laughs> they will. They'll try to like introduce him to human culture a little <laughs> bit more uh, later on, but we have to wait for an Axe book for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to. Yeah. I want to see them trying to teach Axe how to play Doom. <laughs> uh. Axe would find human video games hilariously primitive. <laughs> uh, um, now, now I'm just thinking of that bit from uh, Back to Future 2 of like the kids being like, you mean you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy when Marty's showing yeah. them how to play. Why not fucking control it with your mind? With thought, like, <laughs> yeah. like Andalites I, I, consider keyboards I, to be I, out, again, like, like no, ancient, outdated technology. Now, now I'm imagining the meme of like the person putting their fingers up to their head, trying to le- levitate the pizza towards them, but it's actually doing that to play a video game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they're they're going to find an area to morph, and there's a residential neighborhood. Their 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 plan is to infiltrate the sharing uh, headquarters, as it were. Uh, which is located in a residential neighborhood, um, a little bit like the, na- the the town where I grew up, where you have older houses and a few like low budget shops, thrift stores, small restaurants. I presume uh, I presume liquor stores too, <laughs> um, just because that's that's what Louisville is like. Oh shit! I shouldn't have said that. Um, and that's not where I live now. Uh, <laughs> but it just it just reminded me of of that kind of place. Um, and the sharing facility is like a squat, single-story, nondescript building with a sign that says, The Sharing, Building a Better Life, uh, for who I wonder. Honestly, it's really um, impressive that they have a building. Like, all of these community orgs from back in the day just met in, like, church basements or whatever. So the fact that they have their own structures... <laughs> well, they have funding. You know, they... they uh, they infest rich people and then use their Oh, money. I know that. I mean, yeah. they have they have they have enough money for like helicopters and shit. So. Yeah, absolutely. I just mean like from the perspective of we are pretending to be another girl guides or whatever. It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Um I mean I I said like I'm I'm pretty sure that that most youth groups had like an office or something, but <laughs> yeah, like you get yeah. into the scouts or whatever. There's definitely the national council and the stores or and so on, but that's not true for like the homegrown ones, you know. Well, you 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 have to find a place to put your fax machines, <laughs> you know, because it's the '90s and you need you need your fax machines. Uh, so it's just 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 a whole building full of fax machines. <laughs> <laughs> um so there's a guard outside uh very big intimidating looking muscly dude uh definitely a controller like obviously um but they're not going to go by him so it's fine they're going to cut down an alley and they're going to go into an abandoned building um across the alley and morph in the basement uh so they do that. They go into the basement. Uh, Tobias flies in there too, bangs his, his wing on a pillar, but it's fine because he's not like horribly injured. Um, and they are trying not to make a whole lot of noise because um, because you know there there is a, a guard out there. Uh, Marco remarks that this is the guy who's who's, who's looking out for them. Uh, 
referring to Tobias banging banging his, <laughs> his, his wing into the pillar. Um, Marco makes a joke, says, you'll keep the rats from eating us, won't you, Tobias? And then Tobias responds, um, uh, like, hey, even though it's dark, I might be able to catch, I- I'm still able to catch a rat. So they're still bonding over, over Tobias being a hawk. Um, there's like a moment here later where, where, where we'll, we'll come back to that. I, I do, uh, I do like how Tobias is like, don't knock it till you try it in relation to eating rats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Where, where, I, I thought I covered how do, that. How, that, do you, that... how do you know you don't like the taste of it, bro, if you're not going to try it? <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> uh, and 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 Jake at that point uh, notes that Tobias seems a bit more at peace with with his situation. Um, which they've already morphed. Which, it's interesting that like earlier, like when Jake is relaying his dream, when Tobias like kind of looks away a little bit, but like a few chapters later, he's like, yeah, he seems more at peace of it. And it's like it didn't seem like it when Tobias had to look away because he's like, I know what that's like. Well, I think it's I think it's complicated. I think that, oh, yeah. um, it, I mean, J- J- Jake at that at that point is expressing discomfort with the predatory feelings. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And I guess it's maybe like maybe Tobias feels a little bit guilty because he's kind of come to peace with it. <laughs> it. It might be that. It might also be like, okay, I'm cool with this, but uh, like t- 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 Tobias might be more more concerned with what others will think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he, he does it for Jake's sake, basically. I don't think he does it for Jake's sake. I think he's, he's like, it, it's, it's one thing to be, to come to peace with something that's in your own mind. It's another thing to come to peace with how other people view that thing in your mind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jake expressing discomfort at this idea could introduce discomfort, even if Tobias is comfortable with it himself. Yeah, that's fair. Do, do, you, do you, that, that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so they morph, and even though it's gross, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're fast, and it's kind of thrilling, at least <laughs> to Rachel. Uh, and I looked it up, and, 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 like, proportionally, for body length, Roaches are one of the fastest animals on Earth. Uh, not like for outright speed, but compared to yeah. their size. So, uh, yeah, it's they. It's described earlier as like being strapped to the bottom of a of a Formula One racer. Uh, and with your with your nose like an inch from the pavement, I think it's how yeah. said it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they're. Uh, you know, small and, and, and gross and disgusting, and honestly, I will I will admit, uh, of all of the animals on the planet, uh, roaches are, like, the only ones that I'm actually kind of, like, actually kind of give me pause. I've, I've got yeah. a strong stomach. I can deal with a lot of, lot of things that other people can't. I have a snake, you know, and a lot of people are terrified of snakes, and I love yeah, that snake. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really just that, like, if you miss with the roach, it's gonna scurry yeah. somewhere where you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> ro- roaches are different. Roaches are, like, viscerally off-putting to me. Yeah. And I think it's because I've had, like, I had, like, I, I, I grew up in Texas, <laughs> so, like, I've obviously, as a kid, had, I would say, 
mildly traumatic experiences with roaches that are yeah, probably the like, root of that fear. D- during the like roughly um, six years I lived in North Carolina, there were quite a few of those. Like at at some point in here, I don't remember when Marco mentions having uh like like um and like poured out some cereal and then gotten a roach in there. Yeah, they crawled into yeah, a cereal box was... and. That has definitely happened to me. I've done that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's not a comfortable feeling. Yeah, I th- I um, think also a big factor of it is that like sometimes it's like well it's just like a small roach so it's whatever, <laughs> but other times it's just the fucking massive juicy ones. I don't care what like, fucking size the roach. I guess. Is, but like I mean I, yeah, it, it it is it is worse if it's bigger. But like yeah. Um. I don't know, it's like I don't really so, like them, but at some level I think you get used to it eventually, right? I mean. No. <laughs> yeah, Tobias. Tobias mentions that they're like that. They're they're disgusting. That you know, you guys. Yeah, like even, even has a fear of roaches to too. Them. And and Marco's like, well, this is that's something coming from the guy who disembowels live mice for lunch. And then Tobias responds with, "Don't knock until you tried it." And that's when we get that that note yeah. from from Jake. But at the forefront of Jake's mind is the job at hand, which is infiltration and espionage. Um. So Tobias goes airborne. Uh, gives them directions to the, you know, area where they're supposed to be. Um, uh, Jake. Sorry, just mm-hmm. real quick. There's a thing I want to note. There's a Prince Jake moment in here uh, where Bax calls him that and Jake does not resist it at all. So it's not being added to the counter, but it's it's a thing that'll happen eventually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I, know, I, f- I feel like J- uh, Jake might be less likely to do that if they're, like, doing business, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's not, as dwell- but, he's not well, dwelling on that compared to if they're just hanging This is out. a little bit back, because this is before they morph Roach, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, he's still, he's still I, mostly I, I, focused I, on the mission and Tom, the gear. I don't think it's a Prince Jake counter. I think it's yeah, a Don't that's Call exactly Me what Prince it is. counter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and... Uh... Jake mentions that they're going to be on the lookout for morphs. They have to act like normal roaches. We'll see how they manage to maintain that particular They really don't. (laughs) Um, And uh, Marco... uh, That's when we get the the cereal box comment from Marco. Um, Cassie notes a crack, so they're going into the building through the crack, which raises some questions about how things work later, but we'll get to that. It might be that I'm misreading something, and I'd like y'all's help with that. Um, so, they mention that Tabat to the dice, they're going in, get somewhere safe, uh, and he says he's cool. So they travel uh, in single file through the wall. Eventually they make their way to an internal room, and very luckily, like, they didn't time this at all. <laughs> I guess I guess they timed it around sometime when Tom was supposed to be off doing a sharing thing. Um, maybe. I don't know. We don't get that, but I assume they must have because they arrive at the exact right opportune time <laughs> in which they hear someone, probably Tom, uh, saying that it is now the time to strike the decisive blow in the invasion of Earth. Uh, we move into chapter 8, which I have called Visser Three's most horrible morph yet. Uh... <laughs> And <laughs> well, he doesn't have problems with the mouth and with walking. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, he does not because he's he's because he's a yerk. Not a ri- yeah. He's 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 a ridiculous person, but 
True, uh, but, also, kind of but also Yorks don't acts. have house. <laughs> yeah, but they can uh, yeah, like well, learn from every, every host they've place. ever had, right? You don't you're not stuck yeah. with the resources of just the one. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean Visser Three definitely has had other hosts before Aloran. Um or however you fuck fucking pronounce his name. Is it Aloran? Aloran? I, I always said Aloran. Aloran? Aloran? I know, I know it's Aloran, Scimitar Koras yeah. next, but, um, anyway, I, I, I love that name, Aloran Scimitar Koras, it's like some Protoss <laughs> shit, it's great. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Marco's wondering if this is a Yurk pep rally, because they're, they're, like, I guess, I guess someone's giving, like, a, a pep talk. Um, they start nervously laughing. Axe does not, apparently nervous laughter is not in the Andalite repertoire of behavior. Uh, so they need to get out of the crack, Jake says. I don't know why. They can hear fine from here. <laughs> because they have to set, they have to give the Yurks every opportunity to catch them as being yeah. five roaches who are clearly because, not at all acting anything like normal roaches. <laughs> because if they didn't do something stupid, there wouldn't be enough dramatic tension in this scene. Yeah, it's, it's, but they can it's, clearly hear, so... I have to bring up that it's just so interesting that, like, even while they've been morphed as birds, they're like, we need to spread out this way we don't look like we're a group of random weird the storm and the birds traveling together which would be yeah. very sus compared to now where they're like yeah we're just a group of five roaches keep an inch away from each other so we don't look too suspicious guys <laughs> but well, roaches well, don't travel in makes, groups <laughs> the series of events makes a little bit of sense and, and and jake does say it specifically so they can reckon try to identify some of these people but roach eyes are apparently so bad at seeing distances that they're yeah. not going to be have any chance of doing that and uh, also like they identify people just based on their voices <laughs> Jake tells them to move out and then says, but wait, no, not all at once, but it's too late at that point. <laughs> so it's not as if the idea didn't occur to him that this was a bad idea. It's just there wasn't enough organization here. And the result is several roaches just all scampering down the wall from the crack to the floor. And it's just like, if, if, I, if I was a human being in a room and I saw five roaches <laughs> just like suddenly appear yeah. and be fucking freaking out. Now Yeah, it's the, like these... this is this is an organized invasion by the roaches at that point. Yeah. <laughs> this controller these controllers don't though, and the idea is that the Yurks couldn't care less, I guess, that 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 uh the, the fear of their human hosts doesn't necessarily affect them. Um Meanwhile, the humans but, and, inside their head, inside their yeah. inside their own brains, are screaming at the fact there are roaches. <laughs> yeah, they don't have to keep the human act. Now, here's the thing, though, and it will be mentioned later by Visser Three when he shows up. But and he's gonna because I named the chapter <laughs> after him. But <laughs> like, they should know this is weird, right? They should. Like, they're, again, they're they... human. They're human hosts. Obviously, know it's weird. <laughs> So they should know it's weird, and they should be responding they, as if and they know there that, are shape as if they should have shape shifting enemies, which they, know, they do. Yeah, they know that there are six people going around. One of them is always a bird, so it's like, well, there's five here, I guess, because it's not six. I guess that's why, even though again, they've only ever seen one of them as a bird. <laughs> I don't know because they're mooks. They don't respond the yeah. way they should. 
Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's like fucking uh, anytime you're playing like Assassin's Creed or something like that, and it's like you get the notification that an enemy soldier is looking right at you, but if you just move far enough away, like another two steps back, they'll just like lose interest. <laughs> I just like, I don't even know if this is a thing that would bother people at this point. I mean, we've talked about relative levels of disturbance, and roaches don't bother me anymore, for instance, because I got used to them. But, like, if you've got a brain slug in your head, I think you're probably not undergoing that primal fear or whatever, because you have much bigger things to worry about. They, they should be worried about the fact that there's a group of animals together that clearly wouldn't normally be together. <laughs> Even if you're, like, not freaking out about that, it's still weird to suddenly see five roaches show up, you know what I mean? Like, that's still out of the ordinary. I, even if I wasn't afraid of roaches, I'd be like, well, that's... That's odd. Yeah, you but know? you're assuming that this um, is a thing that even catches their attention at all. Like, when you are stuck in the back of a yerk's head, like, what even... How does that register? You know what I mean? I would think the yerks would see it and be able to tell this is not something roaches normally do. Uh, you know? Maybe? If 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 they're looking, if they happen to be looking in that direction, maybe they're not. Maybe they don't see the roaches. But if they saw the roaches, I would, I would think that they would be, uh, you know, that they would they would find that suspicious at the very least. Um, they literally were that's going exactly around. Why Jake, that's exactly why Jake didn't want them to all go out at once. Yeah, they they were literally um, going around, fucking disintegrating every bird within the vicinity of the forest because they knew there wasn't. Uh, person who was morphed as a yeah. bird around and they're just see these five roaches and they're like eh, not my problem <laughs> well we don't actually get any indication that they did see them um which i i can assume is the only thing the only possibility because uh you know otherwise they would have responded to five roaches showing up in formation um tobias they get a mess they get a, a thought speech message from tobias uh they can just barely hear him at this distance uh, but there's a car pulling up outside. It's a limo. Um, and there are other two cars with it full of armed men. Uh, so out of the, the car steps a guy who looks relatively normal, but Tobias is getting a really bad feeling from him. And, uh, there are, you know, vibrations of, of a bunch of feet walking very fast coming their way. Uh, and then there's a loud booming voice that says, uh, that, that, that addresses the Yerks and then presents Visser 3. Um, apparently there's some kind of surprise from the other controllers because Visser 3 is like, ah, yes, surely you know that I can morph human as well. And so now we see Visser 3's most horrible morph ever, a member of the bourgeoisie. Uh, <laughs> Which is made funnier by the fact that, like, last book, Visser 1 was giving him shit for being like, why do you not try to blend in with people and learn anything about this fucking planet you're taking over? <laughs> and I guess the higher-ups told him, like, look, fucker, you need to actually put in any fucking work and effort into this fucking invasion. You need to grab a person and morph into them to be able to actually I, figure out anything about this goddamn planet. I don't think it was the higher ups. I think Mr. 3 went home and was like, no, I have to get a morph. I have to get a human morph. I don't think he would do it willingly of his own. No, I, th considering I, last think, time. I, I think he would, but I think he would then say, I've had this human morph the whole time. I've been doing this the whole time. <laughs> 
and and no one can say that I haven't, and that that Visser Three had a one up on me because I'm not just imagining again. I'm imagining Visser Three doing like Sam Regal's like I've been human the whole time. Yeah, basically, <laughs> instead basically, of I've been here the whole the, time. Uh, Sam Reich. You, Sam Reich, yeah, right? Sam, Sam, Re- the, yeah. right? Sam Regal is yeah, critical role. Sam Reich and yeah. <laughs> drive out, um, right? The you know I I think that um. But, like I think the response there would have been to go and quickly, quickly like kill some rich guy, morph him, take over his life, and then be like, "I've been doing this the whole time. You didn't, you just didn't notice. And if you tell me that I haven't, then I'll kill you." <laughs> <laughs> now, see that I don't think um, like because Vister Three wouldn't want to take over some guy's whole life, right? Because that would be a commitment, and that would mean a lot more time yeah. that he wouldn't be able to be in his Andalite body. If- if he yeah. if he picked some kind of weird like reclusive rich guy who was known for being very uh sort of withdrawn I guess and not showing up in public a whole lot <laughs> um then maybe that would work but I'm just picturing Jeff Bezos uh, so yeah like he would he would definitely take somebody on like the public level who's well known and out there all the time like fucking Scrooge McDuck or something like that I think I think I distinctly <laughs> remember his human morph in the TV show being bald <laughs> which might be why I'm picturing Jeff Bezos oh they they get this far in the TV show yeah. I guess they for do. some reason, just because the TV show only lasted for, like, two seasons, I was imagining that it was, like, maybe, like, up until, like, when Axe is introduced, and that was it. Like, maybe, like, the first I... book was, like, the first two, like, the first season was, like, the first two books, and then the second would be three and four. I guess that's I how I just saw the thing. Rem- I specifically remember a book that is Rachel to Crocodile, I think, <laughs> that they do in the TV show, except for some reason it's Cassie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I- I, I don't know why they made that change, but I, get, I, I that's a that's a future book. So <laughs> yeah, we still I, I, have, I guess right? I guess my train of thought with that is actually a bit flawed, just because like I'm being like, oh yeah, it would take them like one season to do two books, and meanwhile it's like they could probably do two books in the span of like four episodes <laughs> at most, because these books are like an hour long. <laughs> yeah, no, they def they definitely get this far, ah. uh, and I do distinctly remember Mister Three's human morph being bald. So that's why I'm picturing Jeff Bezos. Yeah, for um, the record, the crocodile book is, I believe, number 12, if I'm remembering correctly. So that is twice as far as we are so far. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, each, each like, book was basically just one episode in the TV show. So Yeah, they cut out a lot uh, of yeah, the nuance. Co- you are correct. I, I, j- I just opened up book 12, and yeah, the cover is Rachel becoming a crocodile. Yes, because I cannot yeah, be defeated. Yeah, and in the TV show they did Cassie instead, for some reason. But... Um, so th- this, so Visser 3 now is going to tell everyone what their evil plan is. And their evil plan is to use the hospital to take hosts. They think they'll be able to get a hundred a month, uh, or two hundred a month, which is, they're going to concentrate on people like police, broadcasters, writers, teachers, finance. And this is an area where I think, um, even if someone was, because like, like you said, the Yurks are pretty ableist when it comes to their their host selection they don't like picking bodies that are in some way uh in in their mind compromised um however i feel like if someone was in a position of influence they would probably take that body anyway just to have the the uh political or economic power that came with with that like um like if we had for instance like a governor who was in a wheelchair they might take 
the governor anyway, despite the person being in a wheelchair, simply because they're governor. Yeah, I mean, they would um, be valuable as long as they maintained that position, and as soon as they didn't get reelected, they'd be useless, so... Yeah, they they would be dead <laughs> real fast. Um, but you, you're you're right. They, they it, it depends on whether or not like them their their like position puts them above uh, like, like makes up for that particular disadvantage. It's very um, Greg Abbott has been under federal investigation for over a decade, but has managed to stave it off because he's still in office. Energy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh so, yeah, obviously 200 new controllers a month is a problem, but that's not the whole of it. The most important part of the plan is that in a few days, um, the governor of the state they're in is going to be coming in for a minor surgery, uh, which Marco will, of course, later insinuate is for hemorrhoids. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> His secretary's already one of them, has steered him toward this particular hospital. And so he's going to check in for the surgery. And when he checks out, he's going to be a controller. And not only that, but the governor is planning on running for president next year. And if he wins, they'll have a controller in the White House, which sounds like a big deal. However, I'm not sure how <laughs> much that would actually do. I think the past few years have kind of taught yeah. us that. Like, the amount of damage that a president can do is considerable, certainly. But, like, I don't know. If you, have a, if you have a yerk who is a colossal dumbass, like somebody on the level of Visser 3, turns out they won't get much accomplished. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like because of all the checks and balances that we do have in place, the amount of damage that a stupid president can do is at least somewhat lessened. Not entirely lessened, at least somewhat lessened, simply because the government is very bad at actually <laughs> doing things. Um, however, I think a smart, like, sophisticated, politically competent yerk in the White House could probably do a lot of damage. Uh simply by hiring the right yeah, people absolutely. you know what i mean um, um I do so it's still a big briefly, problem uh the mayor of california in or governor of california in 1997 would have been pete wilson 36th governor of california and this does give us some timeline anomalies here because he sought republican nomination in the 1996 u.s presidential election so this would be about yeah Unless the books are just still set in 1996 and not moving forward in time yet, it's it, a little weird. But uh, more to the point, he dropped out before the primaries. So <laughs> <laughs> there's well, actually that's uh, because he didn't have a yerk in his head anymore. It's like there's shit. actually a scene. There's actually a scene later um, at a resort with Rachel as an elephant, like in a much later book. <laughs> Uh, that I'm excited to get to because I can pin down the particular world leader that Rachel almost yep. kills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's fun. I'm excited for that. That's not anywhere near where we are right now, but it's just, it's just fun being able to say, ooh, like this, this weird public figure, like, well, if you look at the time this took place and then the people this could possibly be, this makes no <laughs> sense. Um, a little bit of detective work there. I've called chapter nine pest controllers. <laughs> um, 
And... I, I gotta say, it's very amusing to see, to imagine these jerks trying to stomp these kids out with just shoes yeah. and bug spray compared to they have guns. <laughs> What's that gonna do? You're not gonna uh, shoot bugs. <laughs> they probably have better luck than they do trying to step on I them. I strongly disagree. <laughs> no. A bullet has so little surface area, you're not gonna shoot a roach successfully. Yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 hard to hit a target. Maybe that small. if you had a shotgun um, with uh, a spray on it, but even that's not a huge area in real life. I feel like a shotgun. So, so I, I guess okay. Qu- question: Can you use a Dracon beam and like basically have it like continuous beam mode, or is it just a single shot? Um, as far as we know, it's only single shots. I think there will be like continuous lasers later, but that might be something else. Okay, because because I is was it... just I was just thinking like if you had that, like maybe you could actually be more accurate if like you miss it, but it's a continuous beam. You can try to like actually compensate. Yeah, and like a laser pass pointer. it over. Or like yeah, a, like a Star Trek phaser. Yeah, pretty um, much. So uh, now that they know everything they need to know, Jake says they should get out of there. <laughs> Uh, they head back to the crack, but then suddenly there's a vibration and then more automatopoeia, ah. which is one of uh, <laughs> Applegate's favorite things to do during action sequences. It always sequences. seems to land during get your danger, run, too. wham! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it turns out that someone has tried to step on Jake, uh, and one of the controllers says, uh, sorry, I, I, I forget my interruption, there are several small insects here, uh, and there's just like a, a general... Uh, murmur, and it's like, don't worry, they're just cockroaches, they're everywhere. Again, being real dumb. <laughs> There's five of them all grouped up. <laughs> Mr. Three calls them out, says, you fucking idiots. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think Andalites can't morph creatures so small? Someone kill this fool for me. And then we get, uh, we get, uh, someone shoots the guy, and then I think that's a ding. I don't know if I want to give Mr. Three half of that for just ordering the, that the death. That would be my And this other random guy, the other half. Yeah, that that goes yeah. to whoever pulled the trigger, not Mr. Three. Well, just because the guy was acting under his orders doesn't mean Mr. Three Listen, we've always him. given Mr. Three the points when he had someone killed in the past, so I don't see why that should change I, now. I guess. I guess. Okay, well, it's a, it's a ding, yeah. nonetheless. Because that guy just died. Um, for, for suggesting that roaches weren't right. a big is deal. Is it two dings uh, because does this kill the Yerk too? Or is it just the one? I mean, I, I de- feel like def- this is the definitely Yerk is a... definitely dying as well. Like, that's, <laughs> I feel like the, that's the yeah, idiot. I, I feel like it's definitely a headshot. <laughs> that's the idiot that Visser 3 is talking okay. about. So it's two half dings making it one Sounds full good. ding. <laughs> uh, other point I want to mention here. There's, these are blams. They're not Tissues. So someone shot this guy with a real gun. This wasn't a Dracon beam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with an actual, like, just straight up gun. Um, and Jake is worried that could have been Tom. But of course, Tom's Yurk would not be stupid enough to say that kind of thing <laughs> and get killed by, by Besser 3. Uh, there's a rush of air overhead. Um, and, you know, we get more onomatopoeia. More shoes trying to come down. Uh, Jake yells for everyone to scatter, um, to get into the cracks, to, to give in to the roach instinct just for a bit, because roaches are very good at getting away from this kind of thing. Um, Axe screams, um, but turns out that he's okay, just barely. Uh, and Cassie um, is all, almost gets got. They said, they're on me. I can't get away. Oh man, I don't want to die like this. So Cassie is, is dreading dying as an insect. Um, but she's able to escape. Uh, Jake, however, ends up trapped 
underneath a newspaper um, after several different sort of um, events that, that lead him to that situation. Uh, and yeah, the, the the way this scene was set up, I thought that for some reason, like the the what whatever was on the newspaper was going to be important. But no, it's it's just a big yeah. Newspaper. Like the way the way that he like phrases like there was a person's picture, but I couldn't tell because bug eyes suck. It's like that that seemed like that's seeding something very important. But it's not. It's not. It's just a newspaper. It's just a hiding spot. Very, very strange to bring it up then. If it's just like eh, don't worry, it doesn't bring it doesn't come up again. It's not yeah. important. Rachel manages to hide on someone's sock and is going to drop up, drop off when she's no longer noticed, uh, which is a good plan. Um, risky, but but good. Marco's in a toilet. Jake is the only one still trapped in the room underneath the newspaper. And eventually he does make a break for it, but it turns out they have bug spray. He describes it as a, a, an, a sweet, oily scent that's somehow dangerous. Uh, and it turns out that it's nerve poison. <laughs> so uh, this this, like, toxic rainfall falls onto him and causes his body to start betraying him. His legs stumble. He can no longer smell anything. He's obviously been poisoned. Um, Visser 3 shouts, don't crush him. Uh, they want to save him so that they can, uh, you know, force him to demorph to, to save himself and they'll have an Andalite. Um, and then suddenly, and I'm not sure how this happens, because... <laughs> Aren't they inside? <laughs> that, right no, now? I, that's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. Did Jake make it outside somehow? Like through a door or I guess, something? I guess he must have like, jumped through door? as he got sprayed or something. So they are outside. Because that's because the only way this happened, makes sense. <laughs> what happens is that Tobias swoops down and catches him. Right? But that could only work if they were outside. Because Tobias is not inside. Also, it's been if, established. also, if there wasn't a like a closed circle of yurks around the bug, that it's Jake. Yeah, because <laughs> Tobias would well, not be able to swoop down from above and take off immediately upwards because he has wingspan. Well, regardless, <laughs> Tobias has somehow saved him, and uh, he's being flown away. However, Jake is still poisoned, and that's where we leave off chapter nine. And the end of our selection today. Okay, yeah, I just reread it. The last time it mentions where Jake is, he's kicked, and he gets kicked into a wall, and then he drops down to the floor, and then he's just running and running, and it never mentions him going outside or making it to a door or anything, so... I mean, I guess we're supposed to assume that that is what happened, because otherwise, how would Tobias have gotten him? Yeah, I guess uh, so. Unless Tob- Tobias got inside somehow, but that and probably didn't be get suicide shot. For him. Yeah, <laughs> didn't get shot. Someone held the door open for yeah. him very politely, and he just walked in. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like as, as, as there as these jerks are all around Jake, there's just a slight like tap at the door from Tobias, like tapping of his talon, and then the jerk just opens up for him. And he's like, "Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, please come in, sir." <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird, but it's not too important. It's just like a a weird thing that I was confused about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm it's... glad to see that I'm not. It's not just me. No, it's uh... just one of those things that it's like it's a kids' book. Kids wouldn't think about it. We're in our thirties, therefore we're like, wait a sec, we can we can yeah, figure out. We remember where this is taking place. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what did y'all think of the first nine chapters of of book six? Uh, I mean, it's mostly just build up at this point really for mm-hmm. like again what i still assume is going to happen which is jake gets brain slug in his head 
because it's I called the capture. I will neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. It's called the it's called the capture, and the title on the thing, on mm-hmm. like the subtitle on the book cover says, "Now he's one of them." It's like, hmm, I wonder what else could possibly happen. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what's probably going to happen next week because, yeah. It's... I mean, they're setting up for, like, yeah, we gotta fucking sabotage this shit, obviously, and I feel like it just goes tits up, like, all their other plans. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, mean... Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, like, the, at least this, at least, is a better, like, glimpse of Jake as a person rather than as he was in the first book, where that was, again, just mostly all set up for the series overall, and where Jake was just the most boring of the characters because he's just, like, the most, like, white cishead character possible in the Animorphs, well, I guess. <laughs> J- Jake is starting to do... is starting to do the... the yeah, the he's beginning stuff. to have a personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, just just because we, we, we do we do keep saying that Jake is the token white cis guy. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, all the kids end up seeing cis, I think, right? <laughs> I think I I think I think it is worth mentioning that Jake is half Jewish on his father's side. Oh, okay. So <laughs> at, le- at least okay, at least there's at le- that. At least like, at least there's that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's at least some interesting bit of like yeah. Jake is a minority of some sort <laughs> to his yeah. character, rather than just he is he is like the fucking video like 2008 video game as dude protagonist on the box art basically. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just always those grizzled guys with like the bl- the blondish brown hair that he saw all yes. over the place. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Jake ends up being an extremely interesting character, but it's going to take time for him to grow yes. into that. Right now, he's just kind yeah. of default character. Yeah. He has to first be broken and exactly. then rebuilt. I, I mean, that's how all these kids go, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially Tobias, where Tobias' whole book was him having an existential crisis of who he is as a person slash burden. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tobias I mean, got again, out of the way early, right? Because he had the most obvious reason to, but we're going to get that from everybody. Yeah. All of them have to recontextualize who they are in the face of what they're doing. Yeah, like, we yes. kind of got that with Marco in the previous book, because now Marco actually has a motivation for continuing to do the stuff that they do, because every other time he was always just like, I'm done with this, fuck this, I'm out, and he always found an excuse to come back, and now he, has, he actually has a good okay, reason. Okay, yes, but in I, the next Marco book, he will reevaluate himself as a person and figure out what his deal is. <laughs> okay, fun. Yeah, it's... Yeah. M- M- Marco still has a lot of a lot of changing to do. So I mean, yeah, does... they they all do. To be yeah. fair, I mean we I mean, are literally on book six of like sixty. <laughs> I mean a, a lot of a lot of reevaluation. Yeah. I yeah. I really like how that happens with Rachel. Um, and I have to say, the early Rachel books are really weak in my opinion. Yeah, that's, I, dang, I, dang does do 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 they get huh. good later? Yeah, so... I, I think I think so far of just like the five we've read the the first Rachel book was probably the weakest overall, and, like, yeah. I mean, I know I said that I didn't really like Cassie as the narrator, because Cassie kind of just was on the fence about everything, but there was still at least interesting, like, stuff there of actually, like, she was being the only one who actually, like, questioned, like, is it okay for us to take smart animal personalities and use them? And also, mm-hmm. it's where we got introduced to Axe and stuff, so, it's like, there at least was that. Plus but, like, the magic whale. Rachel's, Rachel's, <laughs> the magic whale, yes. But, like, I mean, Rachel's book was really just her being like, I want to do this to protect my friend, who it I'm going to second. immediately forget. <laughs> it was the second book 
Yeah, the, the fair. Ra- Rachel really starts to get w- good when we start exploring the Rachel bloodlust. <laughs> <laughs> we start. We start yeah, actually. Like, ex- we've, like we've gotten into... we've gotten hints of the Rachel bloodlust, but we're not there yet. I guess. Folks. Yeah, we we have we haven't gotten fully introduced to the Rachel bloodlust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. That's why the starfish, the starfish book is my is one of Again, my Again, you keep bringing up the starfish book, and I'm still so curious why she has to be a starfish. <laughs> <laughs> we answered that. She was looking for an earring. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure, right? An earring that she dropped in a tide pool. Why a starfish, though? <laughs> so she could get into the tide pool and find the earring. There's other options you could have been. You could have been crab. Crabs have hands, <laughs> or at least claws. I think the best, op- the best option would be an octopus, because they have good vision. Also that, and yeah. Lots of little grabby arms. But... Not the starfish. <laughs> It's, easy, it's easier to acquire a starfish. Well, I'm gonna I guess. give you a little bit more of a spoiler here, I guess. She doesn't have a tide pool animal amorph available, so she just kind of grabs whatever is already in there. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. But yeah. Um, Using. That's why, again, you should I, be I, going to every like petting aquarium and zoo possible and just getting everything you can just for precaution. <laughs> They make this rule against using morphs for frivolous reasons and then never follow yep. it. <laughs> Which I, I think, I think honestly, is the most relatable and human thing about also, these characters. Also, yeah, I just remembered. Wait a sec. Earlier in this book, we already discussed how Cassie berated Jake for trying out a morph on his own without anybody else around to help walk him through it. She did that in her own book as a frickin' squirrel or whatever. Yep. <laughs> At the very mm-hmm. start, to lure in a predator that was trying to eat her. <laughs> yeah. Cassie. It's a rule. It's a rule they have, but it's not one they're so ever Cassie, really take seriously. It's a rule that Cassie has for everybody else, but not for herself. Rules for thee, not for me, fucker. It's a rule that everyone has for everyone else, but not for themselves. <laughs> yeah. I guess ultimately, what I'll say about my thoughts on this book so far is that this is kind of a pattern that the last couple books have done that's so frustrating to me, in that they spend the first third of the book at least on something that basically doesn't matter to the rest of it and i know they have to get the information somehow i get that in later books we're going to be so much more this is the plot of this book let's go and not spend nine chapters goofing off as bugs (laughs) yeah like the later like the dramatic tension of the book later has fucking nothing to do yeah exactly Again, if it goes where I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's kind of a weird non sequitur, the road shit. Um, I feel like they just kind of wanted to drop us into something vaguely, vaguely yeah. ordinary, I guess. Like, still weird in the Animorphs way, but like not. Uh, just another day of us having a bad plan and getting caught by Vista 3 immediately and almost dying, but yeah, we're fine. <laughs> As as the actual as the like the overarching meta plot, you know, as the the serialization of the books uh, increases, we're gonna see a lot more uh, just jumping yeah. into the plot because the the books will have a lot more. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd have to imagine that like later on in these books, we're probably gonna not have them keep being like, "Here's what Andalites are. Here's what Yorks are." Here's what all these kids are. They have to keep saying that stuff because any book could be somebody's first. But my point is more. Are they going to do that even in the last book? <laughs> it, it does eventually become like a sentence. Like okay, they 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 at least they at least truncated a lot over time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my greater point with that is more like this is 
basically exactly the same thing that happened in the last book. It's just roaches instead of lobsters. And it's basically the yeah. exact same thing that happened in the fourth book. It's just roaches instead of squirrels. And it, like, this is becoming a pattern very quickly, and it frustrates me. <laughs> yeah. Like, at is, least... How long does that... How long does that pattern persist? I don't really remember. I truly do not know. I know it's not in the Megamorphs book. I can give you that much, but as far as the rest, I feel like it's. I think it's probably not in the Alien because that's just such a different yeah. book. But I really wouldn't yeah. know until. The Alien's an interesting one because it's very much like a almost weirdly slice of life. It's. Uh, if if I remember actually, it, it well looks enough, like next book, book seven, doesn't do that nonsense. So we we're good. All right, okay. we're good. We're good from here on. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're there. All right, we're, we're there for the next book. We all know that's just going to be what's going to happen in every. Yeah. Book. <laughs> all right. I think there's nothing left to do but go ahead and yeah, say goodbye. I think we're pretty clear. Um, we didn't have any dings on anything but the kill count, so Visser 3 is in the lead once more. He's beating Rachel by 0. 0.5. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Jake and Marco are pretty low down there. Axe remains in last place with 2.5. Uh, and they're... Yeah, it's still interesting that like Jake and Marco, who have two of the most powerful morphs with the tiger and the gorilla, <laughs> are near the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Jake's gonna catch up. Real oh yes, soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. Oh, like. uh, but yeah, uh, until next week, I think there's not much more left to say. But remember, Zero did nothing wrong. Zero did nothing wrong. I continue to never actually think about a different way to phrase Zero doing nothing wrong because you keep telling me this. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.